This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740. I'm your co-host, Walter Rigobon. Also with me this morning is Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. How are you this morning? I'm great. Don Valley Parkway was closed down this morning, so I think I had to drive to Kitchener and back to get down to the studio this morning. But eventually I got here. Uh, just one of the trials and tribulations of living in Toronto on some weekends. Yeah, but, that's for uh, sure. Anyway, it's a big show this morning. Uh, three interesting and fascinating guests. Uh, Welcoming back to the uh, Naz and Wally Sports Hour, Leo Routens. Leo, Toronto Raptors analyst, uh, former coach of Canada's basketball team, and a Canadian basketball pioneer. And the Raptors are starting up this Wednesday, so we're certainly looking forward to talking to him about the upcoming season and all things basketball. In the middle of the show... Joe Bowen, the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and uh, interesting game last night at the ACC, so uh, certainly some things to talk about that. I know uh, you were pretty uh, pretty vocal about that this morning. Naz, you can be pretty crusty in the morning when you're talking about the Leafs, but especially after that kind of performance, so we'll certainly get an opportunity to talk about that. And at the bottom of the hour, a, uh, a hockey Canadian hockey legend, um, certainly an important uh, pioneer in uh, in hockey broadcasting and different things hockey. Howie Meeker, uh, we haven't heard from him in a while, and he's doing well out uh, living out on the West Coast. So we're certainly looking forward to talking to him at the bottom of the hour. That should be great, and, uh, and he's doing great, and we're uh, really looking forward to talking to him. But right off the hop, uh, we have on, uh, on the line uh, live uh, Toronto Raptors analyst Leo Routens. Good morning, Leo. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, how did I get on with Joe and Howie, man? This is this is great company I get to keep this morning. Well, you 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 have certain privileges as being a repeat <laughs> guest on the on the Naz and uh, wow. Wally Sports Hour, so uh, we we give you a certain level of priority. Good morning, Leo. Good morning, you guys. Well, we're we're doing great, and we're really looking forward to the basketball season, which opens up this Wednesday at. Uh, against the Hawks, and uh, Raptors had a pretty good preseason based on their record. Uh, uh, tell us what you see and tell us what we need to be positive about. Well, right now I'd say be positive about the whole package. Um, I really like this team. Uh, I, I liked the team last year, you know, after they made the trade and things turned around dramatically for them. I, there were so many things about this team, that uh, the qualities and the character of that team that I really liked unselfishness they played hard they fought they always found a way to win um and they did it together what i'm seeing so far this season uh they made some great moves 
and, and a lot of people have kind of understated the moves that they make. Uh, I think in today's environment, unless you're going out and grabbing a big-name free agent that everybody's chasing, people don't always think you, you did a lot to make your team better. But I thought the Raptors made some subtle moves that uh, I think are going to pay big dividends. Uh, as a result, this team is deeper. Uh, they're better. They have more continuity because they've been able to bring everybody back that they wanted from last year. Um, and that unselfishness, that fight, uh, and just, just an enjoyable style of play, to me, uh, is back. So I'm really excited about this season. I mean, this this season has an opportunity, in my opinion, to be a historical season for the Toronto Raptors. I mean, they have an opportunity to possibly go further than they've ever gotten uh, in the postseason with this team and in the Eastern Conference and the league the way it is. So, uh, you know, I'm excited. I think it's going to be a fun year for the fans, uh, and I can't wait to get going. Leo, uh, I, the two players on the Raptors that seem to me that have the most upside – Jonas Valanciunas and Terrence Ross. Um, Valanciunas reminds me of a bull. He, he's got respect around the NBA, even in the World Championship. Uh, I saw how physical he was with other players. What do you think of those two guys? I think they both have, uh, quite frankly, unlimited potential. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas really gives the Raptors the first legitimate big man, uh, arguably in their history. They've had a few older guys that kind of came in and, and played that spot. But to have a young buck like him uh, in there from the beginning, uh, developing him and working with him, and I'll tell you what, he's he's a great kid. Uh, you know, I get to see these guys every day, and his disposition is unbelievable. He walks in with a smile like he's got the best job in the world, and he knows it. He works hard. This summer he worked with a track coach. He played for Lithuania. He worked with Akeem Elijah on one of the greatest centers of all time. He, he does everything he can to make his game better. Uh, he knows he has to improve. He knows where his shortcomings are. Um, so I think you're going you know, to last year he led the team in double-doubles of 25. I think that number is going to go up. Uh, I think he's going to be a much better defensive player just because he's been around. He understands angles. He understands where to be a lot better now. So, um, you know, he has a chance to be a, a, an all-star in the Eastern Conference in the middle. Uh, don't know if it's going to happen this year, but he's, he's, he's heading in that direction. And then you look at Terrence Ross, there's an athlete. I mean, this guy can jump out of the gym, uh, still has to, uh, I mean, when you look at DeMar DeRozan and, and where he's grown to and become an all-star for the Toronto Raptors, Terrence Ross started with more. And that's really important for Raptor fans to kind of bite on. He started with more than DeMar DeRozan did, and look where DeMar DeRozan is today. So Terrence, the, the big thing for Terrence is to really understand how hard you have to play this game, how hard you have to work at both ends of the floor, and you really want to you want to go with people. Like when you on every night you step on the floor, you want to look at somebody and say, "Hey, you made you made a mistake showing up for work today because you got me." And that's the kind of mentality I think he has to he has to find a way to summon up every single day to really take advantage of the talent that he possesses. And uh, but you know both of these guys. Uh, you know, the, the you know, not often you can look at two players that you draft and say, you know, we did pretty good right here, uh, and they both have a chance to just get a lot, lot better, and we're really happy with what they've done so far. We're talking to uh, Leo Routens, Toronto uh, Raptors basketball analyst. Uh, the earth-shattering news in the off-season. Uh, 
Uh, Leo, was the movement of LeBron James from Miami back to the Cleveland Cavaliers, and that set a, a, a couple other wheels in motion, Wiggins being uh, traded to, uh, to Minnesota. Uh, how are you seeing the Eastern Conference now that LeBron's out of Miami over to the Cavaliers? How has that changed the whole dynamic in the Eastern Conference? You know, I think the Eastern Conference is much more balanced. Uh, it's a little bit more wide open. Uh, I, I like the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, uh, I think the understated point of the Cleveland Cavaliers this year will be George Blatt, uh, David Blatt, sorry, their head coach. Uh, you know, he, he coached in Europe, uh, in, in Israel. He coached in, uh, you know, all over, uh, all over the world. He's a tremendous coach, and you can see that already in their systems, the way they move the basketball. So, you know, Cleveland's going to be a tough team to deal with, but let, let me put it in perspective the way I look at it. Last year, you know, everybody hoped that the Raptors would beat Cleveland and, and, and go on and play Miami. Had they gone on to play Miami, that would have been a sweep. It would have been over in four games. Because uh, if Miami was focused and Miami was ready to go, it would have been done, period. The Eastern Conference is not like that this year. Even this Cleveland team this year is not like that. So, for the Raptors, they're going to face some good opponents, and they're going to be they're going to face more quality on a more uh, on a nightly basis than they did last year in the Eastern Conference. However, there's nobody that you look at and go, "Oh boy, this is you know we're in trouble here." Just like that Miami team last year. There's nobody like that. So you have Cleveland, which is going to be very good. I think Chicago made themselves better. Uh, they still have some adjustments to do. You know, with Derrick Rose and, 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 and if he can go a whole season, if he can stay healthy, if Pau Gasol, who they added, if he can stay healthy. Uh, but, you know, they're a team that's got a chance to be very good. They were good last year. Uh, and then you, you look at a whole bunch of other teams in Eastern Conference that, you know, Washington made great strides last year. Uh, they have some injuries to deal with now, which could slow them to start. But, you know, if they stay healthy, second half of the season, they could be a bear to deal with. Uh, you know, Charlotte's gotten better. Literally everybody in the top, say, 10 teams in the East has made themselves better and done some things to, uh, to help themselves. So, you know, I think it's going to be uh, uh, definitely more competitive, more parity, uh, but the Raptors have an opportunity to do at least what they did last year, if not more. And, and that may not necessarily mean you're going to win more games, but if you play the right way, do what you're capable of, uh, in this Eastern Conference, I don't think the Raptors have anybody to fear like they did last year. Uh, so it's a little bit more wide open, in my opinion. Leo, would you have made the trade for Kevin Love for Andrew Wiggins? Yes. If, if I'm Cleveland, uh, I have LeBron James. If I have LeBron James, I have a, I have a window to win, and I want to do that as quickly as I can. Uh, you know, Andrew Wiggins was not going to help get them into the playoffs, help them win a championship. Uh, Andrew Wiggins has a lot of work to do in his game. His potential is absolutely unlimited. Uh, he has a chance to be a all-star, potentially an MVP in his league if he does everything right. But not now. Uh, and Cleveland had to, had to keep LeBron happy. Uh, they have to give LeBron all the pieces he needs. And they still need some more pieces. But uh, Kevin Love, I think, was a big addition. It's something that LeBron obviously endorsed, uh, which is a very important point. Kevin Love wanted to be there. Uh, which is also very, very important to have somebody really want to come and play for your team. And you got to remember, it's Cleveland. It's not like uh, it's not like this is one of the hot spots in the league uh, that's attracting free agents. So uh, if you can get your hands on a guy like that that wants to be there and wants to play with LeBron, uh, I think you jump on it. 
And I, I think it's going to turn out good for Andrew Wiggins because he's going to be he's going to be thrown into the fire, and he's going to have to play every single night. He's going to be challenged every single night. Uh, I think Flip Saunders is going to be great for him in terms of learning the NBA game uh, and being coached the right way. Uh, so you know, it, I think it's it's uh, it's good on all ends. Leo, I get the impression that more free agents will come to Toronto. Just uh, just a feeling I have in the last year or two that. Uh, Toronto will be a destination point for free agents. Do you agree with that? I think that the biggest misconception and the biggest uh, lie that's been thrown out there has been that people don't want to come to Toronto. And, and uh, you know, I think that's done by opposing teams, agents that are trying to win negotiation battles uh, and, and other people with agendas. Uh, Toronto is a destination place. Uh, players love Toronto. But what's going to bring a player to Toronto? Two things. Win, money. <laughs> so, you know, if your team is winning, if your team is successful and you're willing to pay, you have a destination place. And Toronto will pay. They've proven that. You know, they're, 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 there's no issue as far as will they pay. It's a first-class organization. They do everything right. It's a great city. Like I said, players absolutely love the city. They love playing against Toronto. They love being in Toronto. They come to Toronto in the off season, and they love playing for Toronto. And the way the Raptors have set up their whole uh, their whole living scenario, playing scenario, practice scenario for their team, uh, it's it's a uh, it's one of the easiest cities to live in if you're a player and do your job. Uh, a lot of cities have you know your practice facility is is 20 miles that way. You play 20 miles that way. You live 20 miles this way. Um, they're not great setups. They're not conducive to an easy lifestyle. Toronto has it all, you know, 15 minutes apart, and um, and everything within a within this uh, downtown core. So uh, players love the city, and I think now that they've 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 really uh, they've secured this kind of a, a mentality that they're going for it. And I think Masai Jerry has done a great job in, in bringing people in. Bringing the right people—that—that's—that's that's an important point. That you know, Masai just doesn't bring guys in, and we've seen that before in the history of the Raptors. We got to get guys. Let's get guys. Hey, let's grab this guy, and it looks good. Looks good on paper, but it, it's just not going to work. You're bringing guys in that don't fit. That don't. The chemistry is not there. It's not going to work. We're Masai t- Jury brings guys in that work that make the fit. The chemistry is there. And, and I think, you know, his decisions have been great. His relationships are great, and that's going to bring players here. We're talking to uh, Leo Routens, Toronto Raptors analyst, uh, television analyst, and also the former coach of Canada's basketball team. And I want to talk a little bit about that, Leo, because there was some, some really huge news coming out of uh, coming out of uh, California this week, and that was the medical status of Steve Nash. And uh, he's uh, he's out for the season, and uh, it probably, my guess would be, this is probably the end of his, uh, probably the end of his career. Steve Nash, without question, Canada's finest basketball player ever. Um, what kind of an impact did Steve Nash make on basketball in Canada? Enormous, uh, and not just in Canada. You know, I, I think he had a global impact. You know, obviously in Canada, you know, to have a to have a eight-time All-Star, two-time MVP, uh, it's phenomenal. And and I and I've told people this over the years, and I don't know if really if people really understand uh, the impact of what I'm saying. But you know, Steve Nash is a seven-footer swinging off the rims, and 
you know, doing all that. You know, how many of us could sit there and say, yeah, you know what? I could do that. I could be like Steve, you know? You can't, <laughs> all right? There's very few guys like that. But Steve is an average guy. If you if Steve Nash was walked right in front of your studios right now and you didn't know who he was, you wouldn't even notice him. Uh, but he what Steve Nash did, he came out of a small town, small school, walked around with a basketball in his hand, found ways to outwork, out-hustle, out-think, out-play everybody to become what he's become. And, and to me, that's, that's unbelievable. Every Canadian kid can say, you know what? If I work hard enough, I can be an NBA player. I could be an MVP. Steve did it. What does he have that I don't? So to me, I, I think that you know, he, what he's done and how he's done it has been unbelievable. And, and when I say global, I mean, Steve Nash's game is global. Uh, you know, the, the way he impacted the NBA with the way he played, the style of play. I mean, coaches reference his game all the time when they teach point guards, when they talk about things to do in a game. Um, you know, his style, uh, the, the way they ran their offense, the way the ball moved. Uh, you know, Steve, Steve really kind of changed the game. And, you know, I'll tell you, over the years, there's certain players that if they were on TV – you know, I made every effort to watch. You know, Michael Jordan was one of those guys. If Michael Jordan was on TV, you know, I did not want to miss that game. I don't care who they were playing. I wanted to watch him play. When Steve was on, I was I was compelled to watch. I was drawn to the TV. I just loved the way he played, loved the way he thought the game, uh, the simplicity uh, that he was able to play the game with. Um, you know, to me, Steve was one of those unique players that comes along, you know, every, you know, 50, 60, 70 years, and, and, and uh, you know, what he did, uh, you know, we're not even truly going to understand the impact of what he did for a while, and, and, and it won't, Steve won't either because, you know, this is a very difficult time for him, and I'm very sad for him, but, you know, what he's done for the game in our country and the game in general uh, are absolutely amazing. Uh, we're talking to Leo Routens. We've just got a couple of minutes left, very short time left, Leo, unfortunately, and uh, talking about Steve Nash. Um, hey, you got to get to Howie and Joe. Yeah, we do, but uh, we don't want to let you go just yet, Leo. We, uh, just uh, give, <laughs> give us another minute. Uh, and talking about Steve Nash, enormous impact on the game, and I don't know what a suitable tribute would be to Steve Nash in Canada, but I'd love to see the Toronto Raptors retire retire number uh, number 13. Um, um and give him a ceremony at the at the ACC. I, I certainly think Canadian basketball fans would love to have an event for Steve Nash, even though he never played here. Last question, uh, Leo. What uh, what new Raptors uh, should we be looking for to make a difference this year? And give us your prediction on where the Raptors are going to finish this year. Well, I think the two guys the, the two guys you obviously want to look at would be Lou Williams, uh, who the Raptors are able to pick up from Atlanta. And I can tell you this, that Dominique Wilkins, uh, uh, you know, one of the t- 50 greatest players in the history of the NBA, uh, he, he does the TV for Atlanta, and he told me last year, he goes, I cannot understand why they don't use this kid, why this guy's not on the floor playing. Uh, he can flat-out play. And he's already shown that with the Toronto Raptors. they got a guy in Lou Williams. He can come off the bench. He can win you a quarter. He can win you a game. He's just a scoring machine. Plays the game the right way. Plays the game with energy, um, and he, he he's going to help the Raptors tremendously. Then you look at James Johnson, the, a player that you know unceremoniously left the Raptors a few years ago uh, under a lot of scrutiny and, and criticism, but he's back with a different maturity, a different focus. 
and he is a difference maker. Uh, you know, he again, not a big-name free agent, but a guy that will make a difference because the Raptors haven't had anybody who can guard a Joe Johnson, guard a LeBron James, guard a Paul Pierce. They got one now. This kid's a black belt, and he doesn't fear anybody. So to have James Johnson on the floor, uh, and he can give you some, some offense, too, as long as he stays in focus. But, uh, you know, James Johnson, to me, was a, another really, really good pickup. So, yeah, these two guys, it changes the depth of this team uh, dramatically, uh, gives them a, a lot more uh, of what they had that uh, just deepens it. And really and quickly, Leo, on. where the where the Raptors going to finish? Well, I, I'm looking at, uh, you know, two, three, four. It's going to be one of those spots. Like I said, the Eastern, the Eastern landscape is a little different. Uh, but, again, two, three, four are going to be all great finishes, and it's, gonna, it's what you're going to do after that that's going to make the biggest impact. Thank you so much, Leo. We've been talking to Leo Routens, uh, Toronto Raptors uh, basketball analyst, talking about the uh, upcoming NBA season that's going to talk uh, that's going to start this week and looks to be looks to be going to be a very positive season for the Raptors. We're really looking forward to it, Leo. Uh, once again, thanks for uh, talking to us on a Sunday morning, and uh, we appreciate it, and we hope we have you back soon. Thanks so much. Thanks, Leo. My pleasure. Look forward to it again. Anyways, that was Leo Routens, uh, one of Canada's uh, uh, basketball pioneers and basketball analysts, and we'll be right back after the break with the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Joe Bowen. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when my wife accused me of having an affair. How could I tell her that I was hopelessly in love with extra thin crust pizza from Pizzaville? I didn't ask for this to happen. It was so thin, so delicate, so delicious. I can't bear to share it with my wife. She wants me to see a counsellor, but I don't want to share it with him either. Call Pizzaville for an extra thin crust pizza at 736-3636. There's an old saying... Entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Bond. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. 
and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7, striving to inspire you at every turn. There are two ways to argue sports with these guys, and none of them work. The boys are back, the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740. With us next on, on our show is the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Joe Bowen. Good morning, Joe. Morning, guys. How are you today? Uh, recovering a little bit from last night's game, but uh, didn't didn't Why, go. Were you out drinking? <laughs> no, <laughs> we weren't out you drinking, but we could curtail your Saturday nights and just uh, you know enjoy a nice quiet night in. Joe, after watching that game, we could have used a few drinks. Believe me. <laughs> Anyways, I, I want to settle one thing with you right off the hop, and uh, thanks for coming on the show this morning. And uh, um, and I just want to settle it. We got to settle this right at the beginning. Is I, I want to state claim that I'm a bigger Notre Dame fighting Irish fan than you are. Oh, have you been there in the last 48 hours? Oh, were you there? Yes. And tell us a little bit about your uh, trip to uh, South Bend. Well, my son is playing in a minor hockey tournament down there. So we, uh, we drove down Thursday in a motorhome with a couple of families, uh, and some of the others went down in a bus. And uh, we uh, got to see a Notre Dame hockey game, and uh, toured the campus and took the uh, the youngsters into the uh, Notre Dame dressing room and uh, had them go down the famous stairwell and uh, pound on the play like a champion sign and so far they've been doing pretty well. We want to we certainly want to get on to talking about your career in broadcasting in the Toronto Maple Leafs and uh, you started off in the uh, 1970s as a broadcaster up in up in Sudbury. Oh, don't say that that makes <laughs> you know what the Sorry, math Joe. Is? Sorry, Joe. The math adds up too fast. Come uh, on, you guys. Well, I, I, I thought this was going to be a nice interview. Here, here, it is a nice interview, and, and we'll equal, we'll equalize for you. And the reason I mention that is, uh, Naz and I remember uh, uh, watching, uh, attending at the old Sudbury Arena some playoff games against the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds in the early 1970s, Joe. So we're, yeah. we're, we're sort of on the same... All uh, right, well, then you're around at the same time. We're on, we're on, we, we certainly remember uh, <laughs> watching Ron Duguay and Randy Carlisle and Dave Farish and Peter Lee and uh, uh, Mike Foligno and all those guys. We saw them live and in color at the, at the old Sudbury Arena. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a few years ago. I was... Uh, uh, the the break that I got uh, really was coming out of the University of Windsor, and that uh, my uh, dad's boyhood friend uh, was a gentleman by the name of Bill Plant, who owned the TV station in Sudbury, and also was part owner of the Sudbury Wolves. And uh, so I was able to uh, secure a job in the broadcasting business. And when a gentleman named Bill Catalano left, uh, I walked down the hall and told Mr. Plant that I thought I could do the play-by-play of his hockey team, and he agreed. So. That was a special time. My dad passed away just before I went into high school, so Mr. Plant was a bit of a father figure to me uh, throughout the course of my high school and, and uh, university career. Joe, I remember you saying one time that you uh, had the dream job being the play-by-play man of the Toronto Maple Police. Tell me a bit about, your, about the, you and the Leafs. Well, I mean, uh, I grew up uh, in the 60s uh, on my dad's lap for three Stanley Cups, and I was there to watch uh, after he had passed uh, the 67 one, and it seemed like it was, uh, you know, uh, cast and die that, uh, you know, every other year or 
uh, certainly not without uh, too long of a period in between. Maple Leafs would win the Stanley Cup and everything else, but I was a big Leaf fan growing up. My dad was as well. Uh, and uh, so to think that uh, after uh, you know sitting on his lap and cheering for Johnny Bauer and Dave Keon and Frank Mahovlich that I would be doing games was uh, almost uh, you know, you know a dream come true. And so when I did get the opportunity 33 years ago, this uh, it was a very special time. Joe, you've done uh, over uh, and I uh, let's let's just say you've done a lot of uh, uh, Toronto Maple Leaf games over the years and. Uh, probably as many as anybody who ever has. Uh, well, you know, and, uh, Paul uh, Patsko, who's a bit of a, yeah. a historian and Leaf historian for sure, he did some research and, and they, uh, he estimated that Foster Hewitt would have done about 1,800 games. 1,888, I think, was the number he came up with. And I'm at uh, uh, over 2,887. So, um, yeah, that that, Remarkable. that that number makes. You know, I, I haven't done it as long as Foster, but they didn't do every game. Yep. They only did Saturdays. They did uh, you know various other things. The schedule was shorter, so I'm I'm quite proud of that. And that's that's uh, you know something Joe, that I'll put on, put on the resume. You should, and uh, you know you've been one of our favorite broadcasters for a long time, and. I don't want to get into anything controversial here, but you're not on television this year, and we're certainly missing you. Uh, yeah, we all miss that. you on TV for sure. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, the uh, There's been some very kind words uh, said in regards to that, and uh, I, I'm, just, I'm a new person on Twitter, so I'm kind of shocked <laughs> at all of that. Uh, but uh, even in the newspaper the other day, I was quite, quite flattered and, and humbled by all of the attention. But... You know, when you spend $5 billion on a new toy, you can play with it any way you damn well please. And uh, the people at Sportsnet have decided that uh, they're going to make uh, a number of changes in how uh, they're going to present the National Hockey League to Canadians. And uh, I wasn't part of it. But uh, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. It's it's the same game. I'm just a couple of booths down, and I'm working with a great partner in Jim Ralph. So... Um, it's it's not like I'm not doing the games. It's something that I'm still enjoying. You've seen uh, more Toronto Maple Leaf games than probably uh, most people in this city, both as a broadcaster and as a fan prior to that. Uh, who's your favorite Toronto Maple Leaf of all time, and uh, who do you think's the best Toronto Maple Leaf player of all time? You just frightened me with all of that about how many games. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, you know no, what, right. Joe? I'm gonna give up that line of questioning. No, I promise. No. There are a few on the list. My favorite player of all time and, and always will be uh, uh, and is my idol and was my idol growing up because I was a goalie. And um, thank God he has allowed him to be a part of our lives for as long as he has. And he'll celebrate his 90th birthday here very shortly, and that's Johnny Bauer. Um, the best non-goalie uh, that I watched in a Leaf uniform um, and I watched Davey Keon and everything else, but I don't know as there was a better player than Matt Sundin that has ever pulled the uniform on as far as the least. Boreas Salming would be close. Dave Keon would be in that mix as an all-around player. But uh, Matt Sundin, I think, was um, an, a, a marvelous talent, a marvelous individual, a marvelous leader. Joe, uh, other than the 93 team, we came close to winning in 93 with uh, Dougie Gilmore and Wendell Clark. Um, we had some teams in the uh, the year 2000 to 2005, I guess, mm-hmm. that were pretty good. Uh, did they have a shot at winning the Cup 
those teams with Curtis Joseph and one year with Eddie Balfour? I don't think there's any question. Um, if if we hadn't gotten so beat up and hurt uh, before taking on the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, I think that they would have gotten to the Stanley Cup final. Um, uh, and and certainly uh, in in the other year, uh, they ran into a hot goalie in Buffalo, um, and and also were beat up at the time. I mean, it, it, it's it is without question in all of sport, the most difficult trophy to win now. When I was growing up, you had to be better than five teams. Uh, and, and, and as great as those teams were and the legacy of all of those players, um, there is not a chance at all that the 67 team could have gone two more rounds in order to win the Stanley Cup. And that's what you have to do. It, it is a... It is a, a, a tournament that is played for free by the players. It's a tournament that is just um, uh, takes more toll on, on the body, uh, both physically and mentally. And uh, it is, without question, I think, the toughest uh, championship to win in all of sport. And uh, it is a, a real tribute to the teams that have been able to win it. And it's very difficult to win it repeatedly or to have any kind of a dynasty attached to it in these days. We have two controversies uh, with the Leafs right now. One is Randy Carlyle kept as coach for this year. And the other is Dion Phaneuf. I have never seen a player in my time, and I'm an old guy like you, Joe. A young guy like yeah. you. Sorry, Joe. Be careful. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I was about to hang up. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Joe. This is Zoomer Radio, so... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, you better put the put the lid on that. I'll tell you that. <laughs> we're trying, believe me, we're trying. <laughs> Dion Phaneuf is uh, more than Randy Carlyle. Every time the team loses, the fans are going crazy to get rid of him, and he's a fifth defenseman, and he's a sixth defenseman. He shouldn't be. In, he should be in the minors, <laughs> and all of those things. They're the crazy Lee fans, of course. Uh, what do you think of an athlete like Dion Phaneuf and the pressure in the city of Toronto and playing in a hockey market like this? Well, it, 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 first off, it's crazy. And secondly, if you're a defenseman, those are the mistakes you see. Those, are, if, unless you're the goalie, of course. The forwards' mistakes, you know, well, that's, they, they get kind of washed under the bridge or whatever unless they're absolutely glaring. But the defensemen are the ones that are going to take the brunt of the, any kind of a losing because they're, they're on the ice when the goals are scored. I don't disagree with fans who suggest Dion Phaneuf is probably not a number one or two defenseman to play the kinds of minutes that a Pronger or a Niedermeyer or somebody of that nature did for Randy previously. And I think, unfortunately for Dion, and one of the great strengths that he has and had while he was in Calgary was his physicality, especially his ability to hit in the open ice. And if you play less minutes, you can do that because it doesn't take that out of your body that it, it's not that taxing but if you're asked to play the kinds of minutes that Dion Phaneuf has had to play in Toronto that part of his game gets taken away from him and I think that was the the attraction when Dion Phaneuf came to Toronto and my goodness there was a lot of very positive vibes when that deal was made was the fact that he was going to be able to bring that kind of open ice physicality to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And unfortunately, because of the number of minutes that he has to play, he can't do that. And, and that really is, is, is a crime. It's, it's a shame because 
Um, that was the hit, one of the strengths of his game and the, the ability to shoot the puck on the power play. So uh, I think that part is, is, is an unfortunate circumstance that he has gotten himself into because at this point there aren't two defensemen maybe that would be the shutdown guys that would play the majority of the, the, the important real defensive minutes that are being loaded onto his cart. The voice is unmistakable. We're talking to Joe Bowen, the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs, this morning on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Uh, Joe, the uh, we had Dion Phaneuf a couple of weeks ago uh, on our show, and I asked him a question: What has changed the most since he c- came from junior into the NHL? And he pointed out there was more block shots in the NHL now than uh, there was when he started. Uh, that's what, it, it makes sense because the goal production for defensemen has gone down. What do you think about that uh, comment? I, I would, I would uh, wholeheartedly agree with it. And here's the other aspect of the game that has changed. And you think about Rick Vive or Guy Lafleur or Mike Bossy or uh, Glenn Anderson or, or, or even Wayne Gretzky. Guys roaring down the wing, coming down the wing full speed, uh, at top of the circle, on the angle, winding up and slapping the puck at the net. When's the last time you saw that? Doesn't happen anymore, it Joe. Does, no, it, it doesn't. doesn't happen it really anymore. Doesn't. People we, can, they can't score. Yeah, we, the goalies we actually are bigger. The goalies are better. Yeah, uh, and the, the equipment is bigger. And so, how how do you score? Well. You roar down the right wing, but then you stop up, you turn, you get traffic in front of the net, you get somebody from the point firing the puck into a huge crowd, and guess what? Block shots. Interestingly <laughs> Some, enough, Joe... Sometimes on purpose, yeah. sometimes not so much. <laughs> Interestingly enough, uh, right after our break, which is coming up soon, we're going to be talking to Howie Meeker, and that's, that's one of the biggest points he makes about the game today, that there's no flow in the game. Anyways, we've got to... Well, and, and, you know, and, you know, and, and they talk about wanting to Im- improve. Uh, and one of the great things that I can remember is the ooh and the ah from the crowd when Frank Mahovlin shot the puck and it just went wide. There was ooh and ah, oh, oh, it just missed. But they don't do it anymore because there isn't any place to shoot. I've often said in order to improve scoring and the game, you have to change the way the goalies play. And back then, the goaltending, uh, the equipment was smaller, and so they had to stand up. They stood up. They didn't go down in the butterfly and take up all of the net because they're all six foot three or four now. That's so great. I think what they should do is raise the crossbar by, you take a number, I'll say six inches, uh, six inches more, to force the goaltenders to stand up because they can't cover the top corner anymore by going down in the butterfly, especially on the angle. And that would change the game. It would, it would open it up, I think, to people being able to shoot the puck from the angle. It would force the goaltenders to have to change the way they play that position. And right now, they dominate the games. Joe, uh, we, unfortunately, we've just got one minute left, and we have to ask you, uh, what's your assessment of the Leafs so far this year in terms of the first few games of the season? And where do you see this Leaf team going for the rest of the year? Boy, that's a loaded question. I, I, incredibly inconsistent, incredibly 
uh, and I don't want to use the word frightened, but, but, but insecure playing at home. Uh, on the road, it's a totally different team. And, and that's frightening. That's really frightening. I mean, home ice is supposed to be where you're the most comfortable, where you are the most aggressive, where you are obviously better. And that's not happening. And I, for the life of me, don't know why that is. And until they get some success under their belt, uh, maybe it won't happen. Maybe it's the immediate. Maybe it's the attention of the fans. Maybe it's, uh, you know, part of it is uh, the response of fans throwing jerseys on the ice when they haven't played well, but they have not gotten that kind of comfort level at home. And until they do, they're going to struggle big time. And, and unless they get that turned around, I'm afraid that this season's not going to be a good one, but they have to get that turned around somehow. We've been listening to and talking to Joe Bowen, the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's been a pleasure for us, Joe. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I will probably be turning off the sound on my TV signals when I'm watching the Leafs and turning on the radio signals so I can continue to listen to you. Well, Naz and Wally, it's been a pleasure, and thank you very much for kind words. It's been Thanks, our pleasure, Joe. and we hope we can do this again sometime. Thanks again, you bet. Joe. My pleasure. Thank you. That was Joe Bowen, uh, certainly uh, the most recognizable voice in Toronto Maple Leafdom, and we'll be right back after the break. It was a rainy day when Peterville asked, how much loyalty is there in the world anymore? Well, about 14 inches, we figure. Introducing Peterville's new loyalty program. After your sixth order, you'll receive a large 14-inch pizza of your choice free with your seventh order. You scratch our back... We feed your face. Find out more at pizzaville.ca. That's pizzaville.ca. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Vaughn. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. 
The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. From face-offs to playoffs, field goals to own goals, you're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740. And without further ado, we have with us this morning, it's certainly one of my heroes from my uh, from my youth, uh, Naz, and I'm sure one of yours, uh, Howie Meeker, who set a path in Canada for hockey, was uh, a great hockey player, a veteran, a member of parliament, a Hall of Famer, a critic, a supporter, but ultimately a fan of hockey, and uh, so many wonderful memories. And Howie, how are you this morning? I'm wonderful, Naz. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you guys get up early to do a radio show. Yeah, we do. <laughs> how, are, how, what, how is Howie Meeker these days? And uh, for our listeners, I'm sure they'd love to catch up with you. Uh, tell, uh, tell us all what, uh, what you're up to, where you are, and uh, how's life for Howie Meeker these days? Well, life has never been better, to be quite honest with you. Uh, I live in Vancouver Island, British Columbia, uh, a little place called Parksville and Qualicum Beach. And uh, we have a, there's a harbor in between Qualicum and, uh, and Parksville are all about four or five miles apart. And it's a, <clears throat> it's a harbor that services one of the islands. And uh, we do a lot of fishing. I do a lot of... My wife is a gardener, and I'm the gopher. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, really enjoying life very, very much. Howie, uh, we have a Legends uh, scenario down at uh, with the Maple Leafs at the Air Canada Centre. And Teeter Kennedy was named the number one uh, le- legend. They have a display out outside the Air Canada Centre. Can you describe Teeter Kennedy as a player? Well... Both as a player and as a person, he was a wonderful, wonderful guy. If he had made or had my legs or Vic Lynn's legs, incidentally, he kept Vic and I in the league for four or five years, playing center with the best. Well, next to Silaps at that time uh, with Teeter, uh, he was the hardest working guy, the most honest guy on on the ice. Uh, knew the game exceptionally well. And and uh, like to win, like to win, and and uh, I played under about four different captains with, with the Toronto Maple Leafs, and he came up to par and and past par really in, in uh, hockey ability and the knowledge of the game and how the game should be played, and and uh, he was a great person as well. How, uh, uh, Howie, good morning. I just want to ask you: uh, Do you still uh, watch? Uh, do you still watch a lot of hockey? And uh, what are your impressions of the game today? <laughs> uh, 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 it's it's lost the flow. I I, I think uh, it's it's also lost the uh, the threat of when you're handling the puck. Uh, you're going to get hit. Uh, they've taken, made a big fuss over the concussions, and and the concussions are there for a reason. But uh, it's it's like uh, women's hockey today. You can't touch anybody anymore. And uh, the superstars in in my day on seven or eight 
players on, on each team. Uh, and this type of hockey, <laughs> I'll tell you what, uh, you'd never get the puck away from, from the Bentleys and at Stan Makita. And Bobby Hull, well, he'd skate by these guys like, like you wouldn't believe. And, and uh, the league in, in our days and following our days, the 40s and the 50s, uh, is full of excellent, excellent hockey players. But really, the size of the players today, uh, they would uh, chew me up and spit me out. And half the players on the Toronto Maple Leafs, when we won the Stanley Cup four years out of five, uh, we're in the 175 to 180 pounds, and we only had about three guys that were uh, close to, to 200 pounds. So it was a game then, uh, even though anything went when you're a defender, when you're chasing the man with the puck, you, you left the puck alone and took the man, took the man, took the man, and, and uh, you finally <laughs> eliminated the man. But Today it's it's freewheeling, it's it's wide open, it's uh, it's a totally different game. They'd, uh, as I said, chew me up and spit me out, and and uh, unless uh, unless they change it somewhere along the line, uh, even the big guys, the big tough guys that sell all the tickets, they're going to get hurt, and there'll be a lot of them sitting. For weeks and weeks and weeks, are recovering from from injuries uh, maintained in board contact. It's where the boards are are today. They run you into the fence, and and the, the fence don't move very very much, and you, it makes contact with a vital part of your lower body and arms arms and shoulders sometimes, and the injuries take a long time to heal. Uh, Howie, we had Joe Bowen, who's the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs, just previous to you. And we talked about uh, how the game has changed, and he was talking about goaltending. Uh, and uh, do you agree with that? Talking about it? Yeah, about goaltending what being he, the biggest change. Goaltending. That uh, he said that uh, going down the, right way, down the wing and taking a shot and scoring off the wing is almost impossible now with the goalie equipment the way it is and uh, the way they cover the net. They don't cover the net. Holy jumping Jesus, I watched the game last night. Uh, the goaltender played 70% or 80% of the puck when it was in his own on his knees. Never got off his galdar knees. They slide from side to side. They come out down on their knees, down on their knees. You wiggle your ears when you got the puck, and then the guys go out there and go to the outhouse. They really got, it's, I think it's terrible goaltending. They score goals from impossible angles, absolutely impossible angles. No one stands up on the first shot anymore, and and uh, they make saves that they shouldn't make. And and I'll bet you a third of the goals, third of the goals that go in are go in because the goaltender didn't stick to the basics. Howie, is the is are the size of the rinks too small nowadays for for the size of these players? And well, sure they are, and the, the players are going to continue to get hurt. I Way back, 20 years ago, when they started to make the new arenas around the, the ice, I, I got even as far as Clarence Campbell, and I told him, I said, look, it, you've got to do something. When they build these new arenas, make sure that when they lay the, the freezing, okay, uh, on the, on the uh, ice surface, the pipes and everything else, 
that they put in an extra 10 feet because somewhere along the line in years to come, this game is going to get so fast and the guys are going to get so big, so tough, and they're going to get hurt. And it's, it's like, you know, 10 more feet gives the puck carrier time to make the play, time to get up or time to protect himself when he sees trouble coming. But Howie. nowadays, you don't see trouble coming. Yeah. And, then, and the other thing is, they got sticks too long. 90% of them couldn't carry a, a football. And, and, and uh, the passing, I watched the game last night. I'll bet you there were 25 passes, 10 or 15 feet apart, that went into the skates or under the toe of the stick. It's absolutely stupid, the length of the sticks. There are some guys who can use them, but not every guy. What's your opinion on how hockey's taught in Canada? I know that you, in the past you've been a critic of it, and you were. Is it, is it, is it improved, or, or is, uh, where do the improvements lie? It hasn't improved one iota. The only, thing, the only thing that keeps us better than anybody else, for every arena that they have in all of Europe, we got 25 or 30 here in Canada. And for every junior hockey team that that uh, they have in the United, or they have in in Europe again, uh, we got maybe twenty over here. It's numbers, and out of numbers, okay, comes talent. And and the only thing that that uh, the people Hockey Canada is doing to increase the skills of our players uh, is it's a game of speed, skill, finesse and timing, and heart, and brains. That's the game, and it, that'll sell. You don't need anything else. But <clears throat> the stick, there are some guys, the good, the good players, really, really the good ones, they can use them. And because they know that uh, when they're carrying the puck, only ha- half of the blade is on the ice. The puck goes under the heel as soon as you get involved uh, fighting for the puck, or it goes under the toe. You never have the full blade of the stick on the ice. And, and the kids, I, when I go into a rink today, I got two grandchildren playing at $500 a crack just to start. Uh, <clears throat> and when I go into the rink, I can't sit there 20 minutes. I got to get out. My son, two sons are exactly the same. They go in there to watch uh, the, the kids play, and they, they just walk out and have a smoke. It's <laughs> you you have to teach the kids how to skate, how to handle the puck, how to back up and turn, how to give and pass, uh, give a pass and receive a pass, and and how uh, and how to think timing. You you gotta. <laughs> Howie, I just, Howie, I, I, you I know what we. You're, Go ahead. You, I'm sorry. We're just we're, my producer is giving me the wrap up sign. Unfortunately, we're about to hit the we're about to hit the ten o'clock, and you're as feisty as ever. I can tell you'd uh, we could keep you on the air for a lot longer. One last question: Best player that you ever saw? Oh, oh that's a hard one. That's a hard one. Well, Bobby Orr over over four or five years. Uh, certainly, Gordy Howe over twenty years. But there have been so many great. Listen, the good hockey players in my day, all right, and and then years after could play in this game today, where it's the no touch game anymore. Holy, John! Uh, how can you I, imagine I, Bobby Hull in this game today? Who? 
Howie, how unfortunately, I've, I've got to interrupt, and I, I really apologize for that. We've uh, we've got to we've got to we've got to cut the show uh, short at this point. Listen, we really want to thank you. We want to wish you a happy birthday. I know it's coming up November fourth. Is That's it right? Be ninety-one. Ninety-one. Uh, I'm going to tell you the uh, the Hockey Hall of Fame's got your wrong birth date on on their website, and I'm going to write them a letter on your behalf. They've got you as being born in 1924, not 1923. Anyways, Howie, they're going to cut me off if I don't wrap this up. All Listen, right, okay, goodbye and thanks. You bring back so many fantastic memories for us. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Howie. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Anyways, that was Howie Meeker, Canadian hockey legend. We've got to go. It's been the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We'll be back again next Sunday morning at 9 a.m. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.